0: The BLAST podcast is disciple-tested and pastor-approved.
1: On this episode of The BLAST podcast, Pastor Adam Dragoon and Mr. David Smell are blasting across the interwebs, digging deeper into the practical applications of God's Word for our lives. Snowflakes, beware. We're blasting off on this edition of The Blast Podcast.
2: Hey there, Blasters. This is Pastor Adam with you again on this episode of The Blast Podcast. And in just a moment, we're going to hear from one of my favorite people in the whole world, Pastor Bob Alvarez. This is going to be a great interview. I was really, really happy with his story and how he presented it and how encouraging it really is for all of us. I wanted to just give you a quick update on... The Blast Podcast, Uh, since we have started uh, publishing these interviews on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we are uh, putting a few more ads into our podcast that we hadn't had before, and I just wanted to take a minute to explain why. Um, The reason is because we see The Blast Podcast as a ministry of the Potter's House Church here in Virginia Beach, Virginia and just so you realize that uh, to put on a podcast uh, not only is there a time commitment but there is certainly a money commitment and um the the uh the church has been happy to uh pull that weight basically you know we we uh, maintain a website we uh keep equipment and various things um and up until now our church has been basically pulling the weight of uh, those needs for the podcast. Um, but we wanted The Blast to be a self-sufficient ministry. And so that's why we are putting on some of these um, advertisements. And uh, we think that it's uh, it's a small trade-off. Basically, by adding a few ads, uh, it allows for us to collect a, a small amount, but it's enough to cover the needs of the podcast. And so that it's not a weight, uh, and a burden on our church members who have been supporting the Blast Podcast thus far. So I did just want to encourage you, if you hear an ad on the Blast Podcast that you find interesting, uh, please go to those links that we announce, because... When you do, we are getting uh, either a percentage or we're getting some kind of uh, a bonus or a reward as a result of you signing up for these services. So we just wanted to throw that out there and let you know why we are doing this as a podcast. We are certainly not doing this to make a profit. Uh, we, we are not putting any of this in our pockets. It is just so that The Blast can be a self-sufficient ministry. So we thank you for joining with us in that. And by the way, Uh, If you hate hearing the advertisements, we do publish an ad-free version of the podcast. And uh, also those ad-free versions come out 24 hours early. Uh, The way that you can get that version of the podcast is by becoming a $3 per month or more patron over at our patreon.com page. So for just a very small amount of money, uh, you pay that monthly three bucks a month or more. Uh, then, then you get a special feed uh, of this podcast that includes zero ads. And so that way you get straight to our content and don't have to put up with it. So, uh, we, uh, we think that that's a, a good trade off for you. If you want to continue listening for free, just, uh, just add a, a few minutes of advertisements on there to support. Uh, the Blast Podcast, um, and if you absolutely hate the ads, we we uh, we love giving you the option to become a patron, and uh, you can check out all the all of those details at Patreon.com slash the blast Podcast, So we do want to say thank you again for listening to these podcast episodes. It has been uh, just absolutely mind-blowing to see uh, the growth in numbers. As we release more content, we are amazed to see that more people are listening. So thank you from all across the globe, all around the world. Uh, many, many nations that we see are listening to The Blast. Thank you from wherever you are. And let me just throw in one last thing before we get to this great interview with Pastor Bob Alvarez. Uh, we are trying to get some uh, pastors to uh, to call in and leave some messages with us uh, regarding Pastor Mitchell. We we still want to put together a great tribute episode to him, just filled with amazing stories of his love and care and concern uh, for us, and you know things that he has been through and gone through for us. So, uh, if you have a great story of Pastor Mitchell, we want to encourage you to uh, To go ahead and uh, call in uh, in the show notes, there's going to be a phone number that you can call. It's a uh, it's a phone number that is just set up for voicemails. So when you call the number, you'll leave a message, and then we're, we're able to bring that in to uh, to the podcast. So we we want to put together a whole episode full of amazing Pastor Mitchell stories. Uh, please join us and help us in that. That would be a great blessing, and I believe uh, I believe that it'll it'll be a great tribute to the great man who uh, founded our, our great fellowship. So uh, that's all that we have for you uh, for this uh, the small update. Uh, we hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. God bless. All right. Well, welcome to The Blast Podcast. I am Pastor Adam here with you again, and we are continuing on this series of interviews uh, that we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. And we've been going one by one through all of the pastors who were announced on the Thursday and Friday night of conference. And uh, just hearing from them, their stories, their testimonies, and what God is doing in their life. And uh, we are pleased and privileged to have once again on our program, Pastor Bob Alvarez. Welcome back, sir. Hi, how are you? (laughs) Very, very good. Um, We appreciate making some time for us on this Saturday so that we can uh, hear your story. So Mm -hmm. you've been on our show a couple of times before, so we appreciate you coming back.
0: Yep, glad to be back.
2: <laughs> so I was, uh, I was very encouraged and very excited to hear that you were pioneering once again. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit loaded. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, anybody who's pioneered knows, you know what what they're in for. <laughs> so it's well, if, it's one, if anybody knows things. what what they're in
2: for, I guess that would be you. <laughs> yeah so uh why don't you take a minute and uh maybe for those who don't know you or haven't heard you heard of you before um just give give us a little introduction and tell us how you got saved and and a, a
0: little um history of of who you are well i'm from originally from southern california uh, born and raised in oceanside uh specifically and uh at the age of 18 i enlisted in the uh Air Force and after my boot camp in San Antonio I was stationed in Chandler at Williams Air Force Base uh and uh it was 1977 and while I was on duty I was a security policeman and one early early morning hours one night uh while I was on guard duty at the main gate uh Uh, an individual pulled up and began to witness to me. It was uh, a gentleman by the name of George Rose. And he basically had a captive audience with me. I could not abandon my post and I was stuck. And so he sat there in his car, began to give me uh, his testimony, began to witness to me and uh, I didn't get saved. He gave me a track or two and, uh, uh, Basically, I was kind of rude to him and uh, but he drove off, but he left a couple of tracks, which I read. Uh, and then for the next couple of months, uh, he would show up here and there or we would encounter one another on the post somewhere, maybe at the commissary. Uh, and he worked at the hospital. And so I, I would even see him there when I would have to go for uh, checkups or whatever. But he would continue to witness to me and what ended up happening was uh november of uh, 1977 i gave my heart to the lord in that famous hot dog stand that you hear about and uh uh, that church would fit neatly inside the space of the stage of the chandler church Mm. today and uh uh, but i was that convert though that you wanted to strangle Um, (laughs) i I was not committed. I was wishy washy at best uh uh we'd go to church Sunday morning. He'd ask me if I'm coming back to church that night, and my eyes would bug out and I'd say church tonight <laughs> and and then uh, when they mentioned wednesday night service i I would just trip a breaker i mean three nights you know in in a week that's my annual average, you know and, <laughs> So what ended up happening is for a number of years, I was that guy, uh, that convert that, uh, uh, you know, we're having a revival and, uh, somebody would say, Hey, we're having church, uh, five nights this week. And, you know, you were lucky if you got me two, uh, of those nights. But this went on for, like I said, a number of years until finally, uh, I'd actually, by this time I'd gotten my discharge, I was living in California again. And uh, uh, I was actually uh, with the Sheriff's Department in San Diego. And what had happened is my life rapidly began to deteriorate. My wife and I, Colleen, uh, our marriage just began to dissolve. Uh, It was turning into a bad scene until finally, just one day, I came home uh my thing uh her things were gone uh and i began to realize oh my gosh she's left me and she took our son said i can't live with like this anymore so we got together to talk over a cup of coffee and out of the blue i made the strangest statement uh to this day i can't believe i said it i i said you know what things were coming together when we were going to that little church in chandler arizona Let's move back. And, uh, of course, the church was the door. uh, And uh, we did. We literally uh, scrounged up enough money to rent a U-Haul. We moved back to Chandler. And so when people actually ask me when I got saved, I actually tell them May 1980. uh, Because in reality, that's when I jumped in. Uh, I realized how serious this is. This is eternity. And uh, I began to realize no more games, no more games, no more playing around. I can't do this one foot in the world, one foot in the, in the kingdom. And so in 1980, I jumped in with both feet, sold out. My wife, the next night, she gave her heart to the Lord. And the rest is history. Wow. So uh,
2: so you had a momentous year uh, in May of 2020 that would make 40 years of salvation. How does that make you feel? Correct
0: yeah great makes me feel old <laughs> uh for one uh and uh just uh multiple uh, uh you know generations now here 40 years down the road now here's uh, a whole new crop of young men and women uh making decisions for christ and so uh Uh, It's just so interesting to see how far, one, how far America has gone in those 40 years Mm. that I've literally watched the moral decay of the country and the direction uh, and uh, all that the Christians of today have to deal with. Uh, For example, just social media. Well, that wasn't a factor when I was a new convert, obviously. Right. And, uh, And yet today they're brought up with it. I mean... My grandson, uh, my 11-year-old grandson in fifth grade, here he is, the, has a school-issued laptop that he brings home with him and uh, studies out of it and uh, is given assignments through it. And then the media, like I said, that wants to make its way to the young people of today. Yeah, I suppose a, a lot has changed. Um. Uh, it, Yeah, it has, yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't have a rotary phone anymore. No,
2: no. Um, so so from, from that time of your life, 1980, um, and uh, at th- I guess I want to hear a little bit about what the fellowship was like at that time. You know, we all hear the stories of just the breakout revival. And and um, as much as we have the heartbeat and the vision that's that's still in our fellowship, and, you know, we saw it on that Friday night of our conference, as we're launching out 20 churches. Um, but maybe you can just take a minute to, to share with uh, pastors and disciples that are going to hear this, you know, what, what it was that produced this 40 years later.
0: Uh, one, I'd like to say, is that I've always maintained my relationship with Christ. Um, I started praying in 1980, uh, back again in the mid-70s, when I first gave my heart to the Lord, uh, I didn't have a prayer life. Uh, I didn't attend prayer meetings. I uh, was undisciplined in my Bible reading, if ever. And uh, whereas in 1980, everything, there was just a paradigm shift in my attitude towards this. When I began to realize that there was a lot at stake, that I had seen uh, firsthand, one, what happens to your marriage Uh, uh, when you're not in the will of God. And in my mind, I can literally say I was coming unhinged mentally. So uh, one of the things is in 1980, like I said, I jumped in with both feet. We had a prayer meeting. I was at that first prayer meeting. I I went when they, my wife and I, we made a vow. When the doors of that church are open, we're going to be there. And, uh, uh, the first outreach, the church, I, I was actually saved at a conference. And so when we got home, uh, Saturday, uh, we had an outreach that evening. I was on that outreach Sunday morning. We had prayer meeting, uh, before Sunday morning service, I was at that prayer meeting. And, uh, and it's been that way for 40 years. And, uh, so one of the things I, I give credit to is the fact that I've maintained my relationship uh, with God, and uh, you know, it's always been me and my wife for years and years and years. Our prayer has always been, "Lord, if there's a need, if there's a kingdom need, speak to us. We'll fill that need. We'll we'll do what is necessary." Hmm. And uh, as far as uh, your original question, the fellowship, it was much. Smaller, much smaller. Uh, Whereas today, uh, there are so many conference churches now. There are so many wings uh, of the fellowship now. I mean, just here in the valley, uh, right next to us, you got the Tempe Wing, their own conference, Chandler, uh, Tucson, and uh, uh, Prescott, of course, Yuma. So here's all these conference centers that you could literally spend your your life just orbiting in that uh, in that wing, and uh, it's just expanded so much. So I mean, I'm watching through the years of the pastor's uh, uh, book, the the pastor's uh, phone book. Uh, I'm just watching it grow and grow and grow over the last. Uh, I entered the ministry in 1984, and uh, back then, the pastor's list was a sheet, whereas <laughs> now it's turned into a uh, a full blown phone book. Right. Uh, and so, but uh, but it is it's incredible to see what the Lord has done. It's just it's amazing.
2: Oh yeah, it's got to be it's got to be really rewarding to to be able to see just the incredible multiplication and uh, in Pastor Mitchell's vision, you know, coming coming to pass in in our yeah. time.
0: Yeah.
2: Hey, Blasters, let me just take a moment to remind you about our sponsor of this podcast. It's called Call Control. Call Control is an app that you can install on your phone, uh, your iPhone or your Android phone, which will filter out. Uh, annoying spam calls. I don't know about you, but there was a time that, uh, these spam calls were taking up, uh, a, a significant portion of my day. And so that's when I decided to take a look around and see what options we had for uh, blocking spam uh, calls from com- from coming into my phone. Uh, one of the best options out there is uh, this app called call control. And so it's an app that you would install and it basically filters out anything that you don't want to hear from. So IRS tax calls, uh spam calls anything that comes in that you really don't want to hear about anyway it basically filters it out there's a whole network of users that contribute to a list of uh of spam numbers and so you are benefiting from a community of users all around the world uh, helping to uh, filter out those calls that you don't need that you don't want and it's uh, going to improve your life significantly. So we want to ask you to use this special link to sign up for Call Control. It is callcontrol.theblastpodcast.com. When you go to that special link, they'll know that we sent you. And uh, they will uh, they will give us a little token of appreciation for you signing up uh, through our link. So please do that today.
1: Callcontrol.theblastpodcast.com. Welcome back to The Blast Podcast, where wearing tighter pants and leaning on a stool does not qualify you for ministry.
2: I wanted to ask you about your decision to uh, enter the ministry. Uh, you said you were, you were really dedicated to the Lord in 1980, and then four, only four years later, that, you know, today that's a pretty short time for somebody to go from salvation to pastoring. But uh, what, what went into that decision?
0: Uh, we, I was a new convert, and uh, I'd only been saved a few months. My uh, pastor at the time, uh, Pastor Campbell, hadn't arrived yet. My, and uh, so uh, my uh, first pastor, Don Bishop, uh, his best friend was pastoring in Avondale. Uh, and so um, he was having a revival with an evangelist, and nobody had really been coming, so they, he asked if anybody from Chandler wanted to come, so uh, my pastor, myself, and George Rose, again, hmm. the three of us got into a car and drove to Avondale, or not uh, not Avondale, I'm sorry, Peoria, and uh, so we're in Peoria, we're listening to the evangelist speak, we're the only visitors hmm. uh, in the place, uh, I think there's like six or seven of us in the room, including the evangelist. Uh, And he calls me out uh, after he preached a sermon. I couldn't tell you today what he what he preached, but he called me out and uh, spoke a few words to me and uh, laid hands on me. And uh, before the night was over, I knew uh, I was called. I, I knew I was called, it, and uh, it's I just I can't explain it. It was like just something got uh, planted in my spirit that that evening that I knew I was called to minister, uh, even driving home because uh, uh, it was about an hour or so drive back to uh, you know uh, back to Chandler back then. it was all surface roads, you know, there was no loops, you know, no beltways back then in the valley, and so. I just remember I'm sitting in the back seat. I'm, I'm pondering what just happened tonight. But over the course of the next several months, uh, the calling began to become uh, verified uh, in my heart. Uh, I just felt this drive in me, if I could use the term, to be a blessing uh, to my pastor, to be a blessing to the congregation, to help to minister to them in any way. It was shortly after that, I was saved about six months, uh, I was asked to be a Bible study leader. And uh, I was just so honored, I was so excited. Uh, and it, it felt so comfortable, it, I was nervous as all get out, you can imagine, uh, you know, little home Bible study. But I remember I was just so excited and it was like as if something in my spirit, uh, was was uh, testifying, uh, reinforcing the calling that that I had felt that night in that revival, and uh, and it was uh, just a couple years after that, a few years after that, I wasn't saved quite four years yet uh, when uh, I finally did get launched.
2: Now, now, uh, Pastor Alvarez, was that something that you had ever considered before, or ever entered your mind, or was this just dropped on your plate?
0: Yeah, it never, never. Uh, and honestly, I I was still planning to go back into law enforcement. That that was my uh, my desire, um, and uh, so I was taking steps uh, with uh, classes and uh, uh, and obviously applying with police departments and that type thing. And uh, but no, it it was it was the farthest thing. Uh, from my mind, mm-hmm. Uh and, but I I just remember after that evening, everything changed I, again. It it was like a May 1980, where it was such a shift in my life. No more games, Lord. No more games. Well, the same thing happened that evening, in that revival. I left that place, and I remember. Every decision I made after that was with one goal, one purpose in mind, and that is uh, to uh, attain the will of God, the the destiny that God had for me. And if that was ministry, so be it. And I remember that dictated to me jobs I accepted, jobs I turned away, uh, the, the books I read. Uh, even my recreation, um, it, it, it began to dictate to me that, like, no, no, I need to be giving myself uh, to the call of God. Uh, I can't be wasting my time. And it doesn't mean we didn't recreate or anything like that, but it just, it's so, it was such a different game now because everything I did was with the goal. Of attaining the prize, of achieving that which God had
2: for me, mm. so what's interesting to me is as you're describing um, ju- not only your salvation but but also your decision to to follow the calling into ministry is that even though um, even though this was, was something that took place you know between thirty five and forty years ago ha- just how similar that experience is to the previous four pastors that I've interviewed. And, uh, you know, because I've been basically asking the same questions, asking about, you know, um, salvation and asking about the call into ministry. And what's so incredible to me is that even though you've got, you know, the most experience in the Christian faith and Uh, I guess that's a nice way of saying you're the the oldest interview I've done so far, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm hearing almost exactly the same echoes of the decisions and, and how God, you know, was able to direct your steps and bring you into. So, so it's just a matter of time, the timing that, that, uh, that, that's the only difference between what I've heard so far. So it's, it's really interesting. Hmm. But what I, um. I guess what, what I want to ask next is that you have had plenty of ministry posts over the years, uh, as far as pioneering and taking over churches. And, um, I guess w- what would be helpful for our audience is with the amount of experience that you have, um, uh, this is not your first rodeo. <laughs> and in a, in a minute, I want to ask you about the decision to, to go back out and pioneer, uh, uh, now in this stage of your life but uh before i ask you that i guess i would i would love to hear what kind of advice you would give to the pioneer pastor and so far the the four interviews that we've done so far have been uh first-time pioneers and Mm -hmm. uh and only one of them is was a change instead of a a first-timer but you know our audience is mostly going to be younger pastors and disciples that are still in their mother church and i i guess Uh, what kind of advice or what kind of word of wisdom would, would you give to, uh, to people who are entering this journey for the first time?
0: Man, how much, how much time do you have? How long is your show? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, gosh, trying to keep it short and, uh, and simple. This will be my fifth pioneer church, um, uh, that we're starting, uh, one of the things that uh, I would say right off the bat is uh, don't isolate. Don't allow yourself to isolate. Um, because this is one of the strategies of the devil is that he's going to attempt to use this against you. Uh, and it's possible to be in a city with a dozen churches, a dozen brothers around you, and yet you'll isolate. mm mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's like I've told people, it's it's the banana that leaves the bunch that gets split. <laughs> and so you you want to maintain relationship uh, with your brothers, even if it's, uh, uh, you know, every so often going out, meeting them for a cup of coffee and working on a sermon together. Iron sharpens iron. Also, too, your wives, be very sensitive to your wife. I tell young men. Your wife is under just as much pressure as you are. And uh, she is attacked by the devil too. She's wanting to see the church uh, grow. She's having to deal with the frustrations of people and and things that uh, uh, life sends uh, her way. And so it's very important that you maintain your romantic relationship with your wife. Uh, If you can get a babysitter, uh, get a babysitter. Uh, 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 give her a break from the kids and uh, take her out and uh, just let her know that she's still the love of your life. Uh, Also too, um, one of the things that I learned is don't try to make them Christians or excuse me, don't try to make them disciples until you've made them Christians first. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a very common mistake because what happens is we are used to a certain life style we are used to being a disciple a certain level of discipline and self-control and may I even say the term self-denial and but what happens is we go out with that mindset we forget sometimes how we were when we first started uh, you know and so be careful that you don't start trying to force pieces of meat down a baby's throat that Uh, Listen, it's all he can do, man, just to drink milk. Uh, And again, kind of going back to my own situation here, uh, when I heard multiple services of church, I'm like, what in the world? And then revival, revival every night. And uh, then you start talking, praying, fasting, outreaching and all these different things. Just remember where they're coming from. I'm not saying uh, that you let down the standards. It's just be aware where they're at. A good shepherd knows where every sheep is at. Some sheep are stronger. Some sheep are weaker. Uh, Some sheep struggle with things. And so just just remember that. Don't try to make them a disciple uh, until you've made them uh, a Christian first. And also, too, you've got to be a witnessing machine. You have to witness to everything that moves. You go out for dinner, you're witnessing to the waitress. You go to the grocery store, you're witnessing to the cashier, um, that type thing. Mm-hmm. It, it it has to be just an absolute lifestyle with you. I think
2: all of those things are extremely important for for not just the new pastor but for uh for for anyone in in the ministry or striving for ministry because that's really you know basics of of what we're supposed to be doing making disciples yep Hey, we want to tell you about QuickBooks. Uh, QuickBooks uh, is a fantastic service. Our church has been using QuickBooks for the last uh, couple of months, ever since we uh, got into our new building and had to uh, do some various things legally and uh, just to make sure that our b- books were straight. And uh, I've just been blown away with how user friendly it is, how easy it is to import our transactions into their uh, accounting software. It's it's a really simple way to keep your financial books straight. So uh, if you want to get rid of the Excel spreadsheets, and the, uh, you know, the back of the napkin, um, budget budgets that you've been doing. Uh, QuickBooks is a fantastic way to do it. Um, the other amazing thing about QuickBooks, it's all online. So that means it's, it's backed up. It's always there, no matter what device you're accessing it from, they have an app. You can, uh, you can log receipts on the go. If you have employees as a church, uh, it's a great way to make sure you're, uh, you're, Everything's good with taxes and preparing for the end of the year. Um, It is a fantastic solution for churches, for businesses. Uh, even for your personal finances. Uh, we want to encourage you to use our special link to sign up for QuickBooks today. Uh, when you do that, you will get 55% off the monthly fee for the first three months. It's a great deal. So uh, go to this link and sign up today. It's quickbooks.theblastpodcast.com. So again, sign up today and you get that special deal. It's quickbooks.theblastpodcast.com.
1: Welcome back to the Blast podcast where triggering snowflakes actually means hunting in the winter. Um what would you
2: as as you're thinking about this you so the first time you were sent out to to pastor was in 1984 and where were where were you going at uh at that time?
0: Uh Coolidge, Arizona. Okay. So 45 well, minutes away. <laughs>
2: uh I would love to hear you just maybe think out loud for a minute of The differences between then and now as far as maybe not just so much the different world that we're living in but compare compare your uh going out to pioneer as a first-time pastor to to now this experience of um making a decision 40 years down the road to go out and pioneer what what do you think are the biggest differences in you as as you know personally as a pastor
0: uh one i had lots of energy back then <laughs> <laughs> i was i was 24 years old and and uh a ball of energy uh today uh you know the old saying my get up and go got up and went <laughs> i was just commenting to my wife this morning that I, I woke up and i looked in the mirror and there was an old man looking back you know what happened <laughs> But uh, obviously the, the energy level, uh, I'm not going to lie. I really do need the Lord to help me uh, on this one. Um, I know what to do, when to do it, how to do it, when, why, and how many times. Uh, the issue now is just the energy to do it. And, uh, and so th- there is a grace I'm going to need on this particular assignment uh, that I didn't on the others. Uh, but also, too, with that is um, the difference between 1984 and now is I know exactly what I'm getting myself into. And uh, uh, it's, it's, I'm under no delusion, uh, not to discourage the other pioneer pastors, but this will be the hardest thing you ever do in your entire life and uh, but i will also say this having said that that it is the most incredibly rewarding thing you will ever do in your entire life and uh, the peace corps years ago used to have a motto the hardest job you'll ever love and that is pioneering uh to uh, be able to look back years later and see the fruit of uh, of what you did with the Lord helping you um, you were there that Friday of the conference when the pastors were being prayed for and uh, Ron Meyer uh, gave me a word and uh, as I was getting ready to step away, Pastor uh, Richard Romero uh, grabbed my arm and with tears in his eyes began to speak and, uh, uh, and obviously there was no camera up there capturing the moment but with these tears coming down his 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 face uh, telling me uh, that he is the fruit of uh, of um, uh, our labors in Coolidge he was our first convert uh, him and Minnie uh, 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 that Sunday morning, that Sunday night, uh, she invited her cousin, uh, Jesse, uh, and, uh, who, uh, Jesse DeAnda, who's pastoring in Phoenix today. Uh, he came that night, gave his heart to the Lord. And, uh, and so here to look at these men years later now, almost 40 years later now, here they are, uh, Pastoring these successful churches, uh, Pastor Romero, church planting uh, uh, ministers in the conference, uh, travels around the world. His ministry very much in demand, and uh, uh, and to be able to look and say within your heart, uh, he's he's uh, he's part of the fruit of my ministry of that time that we spent in Coolidge, Arizona.
2: Yeah, that's got to be so rewarding, and I don't think there was a dry eye in the place as he was giving you that word. It was um, very, very powerful.
0: Yeah, um, it really was very touching.
2: Absolutely. Um, I wanted to ask you about the decision for this uh, for going to Pioneer once again, and and you're going into Colorado Springs. Was was that right? Correct. Okay, Colorado Springs. So I'd love for you to share with us what was your the strategy, what what went into that decision and and uh and
0: what are you looking forward to? Well, as far as strategy, it was we've never lived there before. Oh <laughs> there's a uh there's a country song. I couldn't tell you who sings it and what the name of the song is, but it's uh it's one of those heads, heads California, uh Tails Carolina, and it's just talking about flipping a coin. And uh, and going, I can honestly say my wife and I and I, I give much credit to my wife, Colleen, the adventurous spirit within her uh, to be willing to go. We've we've never uh, in the years uh, of ministry, we've never gone to go and spy out the land. I hear these stories, and there's nothing wrong with it, don't get me wrong, but you hear these stories of couples going out to spy out cities, and uh, you know, and they want to get the the pulse and get the feeling for the city, you know, uh, know, and try to figure out where they want to go. My wife and I have never done that. We've never been anywhere uh, before to where, when we've gone, whether it was Lansing, Michigan, or uh, uh, Havelock, North Carolina, or or uh, any of these places, I we'd never been there before. It's to us, it was just a sense of adventure. Let's go, let's do it. Um, uh, whether it was taking over a pioneer work, um, and so as far as Colorado Springs, it was just one of those. You know, we've lived, we've pastored north and south from Lansing, Michigan, to Killeen, Texas, and uh fullerton california to jacksonville florida havelock north carolina on and on and uh we've just never lived in colorado and interestingly enough we had started kind of looking at it or i should say i i had because i didn't realize there was so much military in the city i always thought that it was uh, maybe a small base up there i knew that uh the military fort carson uh the army had a uh, Uh, a mountain unit up there that trains and uh, but then I began to realize that there's uh, you got the Air Force Academy which I knew was there but Cheyenne Mountain is there and a couple of other installations and so uh, I just began to start kind of asking questions well how many churches do we have up there Uh, this uh, city has this uh, that area the the, the city and the surrounding suburbs uh, uh, this thing just continues to grow uh, it's well over 500,000 people now in that in that vicinity and began to ask how many churches do we have there and I was surprised that we only had a few and so uh, I just figured well never lived in the Rockies before <laughs> it sounds exciting and uh, uh, the military is there which I've always done well that seems to be the the niche, the area, uh, the culture that uh, the Lord seems to uh, uh, help me with, I don't know it's whether I relate to them or they relate to me or whatever it is, but I've always seemed to have done well uh, in these military towns. And so that was really the underlying factor if we just decided, well, there's military there. let's see what the Lord can do. You know and, and it is it is an interesting chapter like i said uh, earlier is i i would be lying if i said uh, uh i i do not have or, or that you know i have just as much energy you know i wish i could say caleb you know i have i'm just as strong today as i was you know mm-hmm. uh, back in the day well i'm not uh, <laughs> you know i don't i uh uh, I'll be honest, I have an emergency cane that I keep in my truck now and then. My hip kind of suddenly gives out and the knee and, uh, uh, you know, suddenly I'm having to reach and grab the cane uh, to help me go up a flight of stairs or something. But uh, my faith, my hope, my confidence is uh, in something that I learned years ago. And that is the Lord loves risk takers yes he he loves gamblers and uh he loves those that are willing to roll the dice and uh and so i'm believing god give me a lucky seven here and <laughs> uh uh and that's that's my confidence it's not in me uh, i've learned some things over the years i'm no master at this by any stretch of the imagination, but I know how to go out. At least I know what, what needs to be done. Uh, and my hope and my confidence is that there's a Lord that uh, uh, loves adventurers and risk takers and that he's going to help us uh, when we get there. Well, I think, I think
2: that you're right in the stream. And, and as you're talking, I have two observations that are interesting to me. The first is when you talked about uh, how you have never gone to spy out the land. I just noticed as I was reading that account uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago that it was not God's idea for them to spy out the land. You know, in, in the book of uh, uh, Exodus and Deuteronomy and, and Leviticus through that, that, that was not God's idea. He never told them to spy out the land. And you wonder if they would have been a lot better off if they had never done that. True. So that's They're an very, in, yeah. interesting observation that I hear from you and uh just just to go in with that spirit of adventure is really powerful. so I commend you for that. The other thing that I thought about was um your willingness to go uh, and you're not a spring chicken, <laughs> but <laughs> what what that what that does for other men who have experience like you, I think it It does a couple things. I think it gives great hope for for people who maybe uh, feel like they don't have anything to offer anymore or those who say, you know, let younger men who have more energy, let them do the job. And I think you serve as a great example that uh, that, you know, that you can still be very fruitful and effective, uh, even though you may not have youthful energy as you
0: once did. Am I on the right track there? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. And again, it's uh, we all will have to step out sooner or later. We all have our boat that we got to step out of. And as you change, as you get older, as your life changes, you go from a single man to a married man and kids and age and on and on and on. The boat can take different shapes. And uh, that risk is still the same. And the dangers can change uh, with age and with circumstances. But with me, uh, it, it is, it is. It's a major step of faith where I have to believe God's going to help me uh, with my uh, age issues. Uh, my wife and I, we, we do have health issues, um, you know, and it's just life. But uh, I, I I don't want to be. That guy that just walks around the church, uh, meandering around, talking about the good old days, mm, uh, right. and, and talking about stories of uh, uh, oh, remember when? Remember when? Uh, if God will help me, I want to continue to be on the cutting edge of uh, world evangelism, and uh, you know, and so my 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 stepping out in faith is God. You're you're going to have to help my body (laughs) where where i lack yeah and uh and i'm but i am i'm we're excited we're believing god that he is gonna help us really really good
2: i have one more question for you before we let you go Hey Blasters, in this break, we wanna tell you about our podcast sponsor named Fiverr. Fiverr is a fantastic website. It's a collection of freelance artists that want to help you get work done. Uh, From your business, to your church, to even your personal life, there are so many amazing, talented people um, that can help you. Uh, For example, uh, you need a logo. Uh, Maybe you need a website designed. Maybe you need some voiceover talent. Maybe you need just somebody to help you explain technology. There's, a, there's people who want to teach you. Maybe you, you need a, a lesson in social media. Uh, maybe you need translation uh, or data entry. Or maybe you've written a book and you need a book cover designed. Uh, it goes on and on and on. Many, many different talented people uh, that are just freelancers who put their services on this website and they intend to help you get your work done. So whether it's for your business, again, or for your church, maybe you need a flyer design, uh, check out Fiverr. There is some amazing, amazing talent that is at your fingertips for very, very competitive pricing. You'll be amazed at what they can get done for you. We want to ask you to use the special link to check check out Fiverr and all of the talented people there. The link to use is fiverr.theblastpodcast.com. The way you spell that... F-I-V-E-R-R dot theblastpodcast.com. There's two R's at the end, so make sure you get that right. Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R
1: dot theblastpodcast.com. Thanks. We self-identify as on fire, spirit-filled, disciples of Jesus Christ, and we welcome you back to The Blast Podcast. And that is to, it's, I wonder how rare it is, and I imagine it's pretty
2: rare, to have both a father and a son being sent out from the same conference. <laughs>
0: yeah, I was kind of pondering that. Too. I was thinking about that that Friday night. I was, uh, I was thinking. I wonder if it's ever been done before. I don't know. Uh, I don't... And uh, it's just kind of an interesting thought that. Yeah, it was kind of, kind of interesting to uh, see them laying hands and praying for my son. Uh, and waiting my turn in yeah. <laughs> the line, <laughs> and uh, I, I think he was the first. I think he was at the front of the line, and I was literally like at the at the end. And uh, but it, it it really is it, uh, it just exciting. Uh, one of the things that I tell my wife because uh, we're always in awe. We just welcomed uh, here uh, a few weeks ago our first great grandchild and uh, a little girl and uh uh and i um anytime we'll have moments like this i always lean over and i whisper in my wife's ear and i say not bad mm-hmm. for a misfit and a girl that never went to school uh you know she she was always cutting class you know and uh i said not bad and i give uh i give jesus all the credit and see what the lord has done that uh years later that here, uh, uh, you know, I have children and grandchildren serving God. Uh, recently, uh, here a couple weeks ago, we had a water baptism in the Chandler service and three of my Mm -hmm. grandchildren were getting baptized. And, uh, and then while I'm watching a granddaughter hold a great grandchild and, uh, Uh, And then here's my son getting ready to go to Lima, Peru, leaned over to my wife and said, not bad for a misfit and a girl that never went to class. And uh, but what what a incredible uh, thing God has done in our lives. And uh, if I could just give a word of encouragement to those that are are listening, uh, if you'll just surrender your heart, oh, what the Lord could do so many times the biggest obstacle to God doing what he wants to do in someone's life is ourselves. And uh, we're wrestling the whole time. God's trying to help and we're wrestling with God like, like he's trying to drown us or something. And, uh, and I just want to give a word of encouragement that I'm no different than anybody else. And uh, uh, that here, uh, no doubt you serve God you live for God, be obedient, love the Lord, and uh, watch what He does in your children and your children's children. Amen.
2: Well, it's wonderful to have that kind of perspective to look back over the years and see uh, how faithful God has been. And even when we don't make the best of decisions and we fall short, you know, but God is always faithful. And uh, I'm believing God that He's going to really, really help you, Bob. And uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to that uh that we have here to hear your story and and uh to be able to join with you in this uh exciting experience that you're going to have
0: <laughs> well so i appreciate the, that and and obviously yes, we, we yes, do so covet your the, prayers the good
2: news is that uh, there's going to be hopefully a uh, couple hundred people that hear this interview and uh, we would we would love to continue to pray uh, with you for this new adventure um, but uh, what, what I've been doing for for each of these interviews is, if you don't mind, I'd love to pray for you. <laughs> Father, we I come by you. the blood of Jesus. I thank you for Bob and Colleen. I thank yes, you for thank their you, exampleship. Lord, Lord I oh, thank you for their, Lord, their great for testimony that they have of your power and grace in their the Lord, lives. You would go I'm it's... praying, God, this night that you would strengthen and we'll equip them, doors, as you God. have done in times God, past. Lord, for this new adventure and new journey that they are embarking on. Ah, God bless them for the spirit of adventure that is in them and for the great example that they are setting for all of us. Even like Pastor Mitchell, who became a missionary again in his 80s. Lord, I thank you that you have given us vision even uh, even as we age and grow older. Lord, you've called us to, to be faithful to you in every stage of life. And I pray that you would honor that decision. Uh, for Pastor Alvarez and his new ministry. Bless that city, God, and open doors for them. Give them, uh, give them just a, a supernatural wisdom him, and, him. and uh, open doors and key, key people that uh, we know that you are able to bring into their lives. And, Lord, uh, we thank you. Uh, let them inspire uh, other generations and people who will hear this, that we can live for you and we can do what's right. We thank you for this uh, in Jesus'
0: mighty name. Amen. Yes. Amen. Well, thank you so much for having me. And well, thank you again for joining
2: for us on this, uh, this little experiment, the blast podcast that just keeps going. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been quite an adventure <laughs> and, uh, there's, there's, uh, there's quite a few people who, uh, are listening to these. So we keep making them, <laughs> but we're, uh, we're going to go ahead and close <laughs> out for today. We appreciate you listening and make sure if you, uh, you enjoyed what you heard, make sure you're subscribed. And uh, please consider becoming a patron to support uh, The Blast Podcast. We do appreciate all of our amazing patrons. Make sure you're subscribed. Uh, If you want to get emails from us, you can find all of that information on our website, theblastpodcast.com. Thanks for listening once again, and we will see you again soon
1: thanks for listening to the blast podcast if you like what you heard please leave us a review on itunes and share with someone who will love it if you don't like what you've heard forget we said anything sign up to receive new episodes or listen to previous ones on our website theblast.org until next time live for god use your brain read your bible love your family listen to your pastor pay your tithe and don't be stupid